Murder. Murder. Welcome to Death Do Us Part Podcast, hosted by my wife, Jamie. Hello. And myself, Mark. What up, y'all? Hey. Hey. Guess what, babe? Hmm. I'm a fat ass. I ate a whole fucking pizza by myself today. I could do it. I, I, yeah. I just feel like a, a lard. No. You know, we got pizza a couple times ago when I worked at night. Yeah. And uh, it was me and two other people. And I got the the garlic twist. Oh. And I felt like uh, the gentleman who got the pizza was kind of holding back. Yeah. And I was like, dude, fucking kill it. Right. Because we would. Right. Nobody's judgy judgy in here. Right. Eat the fucking pizza. And he's like, okay. Thanks. You sure? Yeah. <laughs> eat, eat the fucking pizza. Because I'm about to kill these fucking garlic knots. Eat the fucking pizza. Dude. And that's when he's like, I got us a brownie too. Oh. Let's do this. Yeah. Don't be, don't, nobody's no. judgmental. Eat a whole fucking pizza. Who cares? Sometimes Babe, you have to. The frozen pizza. But like, that's not even the worst part. Do you know what I did to it? I added Kobe's. Of course you did. Like slices of Kobe Jack cheese You always do. Okay, but in your defense, the tombstone pizzas are like a personal pan. They, they are. They're small. That's why, like, I don't even cut it. No. I don't even cut it. I just eat it whole. That's okay. If that makes me a fat ass, I am a fat ass. That's okay. Nobody's judging you. Nobody judgy judges with food. Oh, my God. It was so good. It I was, bet. The cheese was oh, whoa, ooey gooey. We had uh, Panera for lunch today. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, m- my girl, Kate, that I work with, yeah. she put the order in. And uh, when she got back, she handed me my sandwich and then mac and cheese. And I was like, oh, you somebody's mac and cheese. And she's like, no, I got that for you. And I was like, oh, okay. And she's like, oh, my God, that's not what you wanted. And I was like, oh, I, I wanted soup. And she's like, oh, my God, I feel terrible. I'm like, why? This is good as fuck. And I can still Ma- dip my yeah. bread in it. I don't care. Mac and cheese is still fucking amazing. That poor woman for the next 20, she's like, I'm going to think about this for probably like the rest of my life. And I was Wh- like, why? Dude, I am still dipping my bread in it. It is still delicious. Yeah, um, dude, it is mac and cheese. And you can never go Panera's wrong with mac, mac and, and cheese. Panera's mac and cheese is really fucking good. Is it? Yeah. Really good. Oh, dude, you could never go wrong yeah. with that. So I was like, I'm not, I'm not even mad. She's like, I just saw cheese. And I, I was like, seriously. Not mad. Still dipping my bread. Still okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it was good. But that's why I had the whole sandwich, because I ate it the mac and cheese good. with the bread. If your sugar wasn't dropping, I was going to ask you for half of it. It's um, chicken salad on tomato basil bread. Oh, my God. It's so fucking good. But I, like, killed that fucking mac and cheese in my bread. Yeah. She's like, you didn't eat your sandwich. I was like, I did. But, yeah, when you got home, your sugar was, was dropping, yeah. so... I, I couldn't ask for half of it. No, you I couldn't. really wanted Mm-mm. it. Nope. Could not. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted it. Oh, well. Uh, speaking of work, did you get a calendar for me? Nope. Totally forgot. Um, I'm really worried about my calendar. Why? Its days are numbered. <laughs> I mean, is that the only reason why you asked me for a fucking pocket calendar? So you could do that? Yes. God damn. And listen, I love each and every one of you, but God damn you for encouraging him with these fucking dad jokes. Yeah. But no, I really do need a, mm. a pocket calendar. I know. I forgot. But guess what I did today? I don't care. I ordered one. <clears throat> what? Then why'd you ask me to get you one? I, I, 
I'll have two. Uh, uh, no, I'm not going to get you one now. All right, don't. That's okay. Mine's coming Saturday. Fine. Whatever. You get planners, I get calendars. I, I did order a planner. I, I figured. <laughs> it's the new year. Uh, I figured. God damn it, I need it. Whatever. Uh, but yeah, I need a calendar. I, I'm, yeah, I we're a, we're like popular. Yeah, we need to keep track of all these dates that are coming up. That Which is fucking hilarious. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. So, might be coming to a city near you. Yeah. So, keep an eye out I on have our like, social media. I have like so much stuff to comment on. Okay, so first, Chattanooga. Yes. Um, I think one of my girlfriends is going to meet us in Chattanooga for lunch, which I'm very excited about because I went to school with her from like kindergarten on. Very excited about that. Mm. Um, Cool. Two, let's talk Austin for a minute. Okay. Babe, you're about to be a flower girl. Okay. You're going to be a flower girl. Uh, I'm down. We seemed to have brought a couple together. Uh, Yes, we have. We did. Which is fucking hilarious because um, the girl actually made a fucking dad joke about us <laughs> when they were <clears throat> they were on their first date talking about podcasts. And she yeah. said, my friends have a killer podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I guess he was all shocked that she knew us. So she was like big time for a little while. Yeah. And, and now, yeah. I've been talking to him on yeah. Facebook. So. You're going to be a flower girl. We hooked them up. God damn it. Her show brought them together yeah you're welcome yeah right fuck yeah i better be a flower girl fuck oh my god we could put so much stuff on your fucking wheelchair it's not even funny oh we will we absolutely will great her and i are already planning what we're dressing up as for the convention in austin what are you gonna be oh we're gonna be princesses but we're trying to figure out which ones oh okay fuck yeah we're gonna be you should be a princess too no i want to be a wrestler oh okay Maybe like yeah. Razor Ramon or something. But like a full, like I'm going to wear underwear. Yeah. And like I boots. expect nothing less. Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, we seem to be um, following a wrestler to all these conventions. Yes. Uh, Mick Foley. Yes. I'm going to fucking meet him this time. He's at every convention. The we first are. one we went to when I was looking for CM Punk. Yeah. And I kept walking past Mick Foley and I was like, I should just fucking ditch everybody and go meet him. Like, right. I fucking love this guy. Right. And now he's at every one. So we're, I'm going to meet him this yeah. time. And I'm going to be like, let's go get a fucking beer. Seriously. For real. Yeah. Babe, can you even imagine? Oh, that'd be oh, awesome. my God. Mm, just having a beer with Mick Foley. No big deal. Mm, no big deal. Eh, MBD. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, so we got a scary one today. Babe. <clears throat> so... Well, we brought it up last episode, and I was like, yeah, let's do Amityville Horror. Yeah. And then, in true Jamie fashion, I looked into one article, and I'm like, motherfucker. It's a rabbit hole. Oh, my God. That bad? Oh, my God. I, like, I don't know what I thought. I know, like, I've seen the movies. You know, you see the original, and then you see the remake. And you're like, okay, so this is what it, it is. But it's not? It's not. Ooh. It's not even. You're going to spring some knowledge on me. Yeah. Because what it stems from is like the. You don't hear about that very often. Yeah. And like. 
I don't even know how to explain it without like getting into it. Um, it's not even close to what I thought it was. Really? Nope. Nope. Not even a little bit. Really? Not even a fucking smidgen. So is the movie, <clears throat> are either one of the movies relatable? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll get to that. Okay. But what you think happened didn't. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm, my mind is circling. Yeah. So, okay. We have Patreons. Okay. Let yes. me. Let me open this again. And we're having wine tonight. We're having wine. We both are. We both are. Yeah. I love wine. I, I, it's fucking delicious. I, um. But I don't have any monster left, so. I, I have some coming. Oh, do you? Yeah. I was, um, yeah. <clears throat> is it mango? Yeah. Thank you. I love the mango. Um, yeah. So I was like, you know what? I've had a fucking month. <laughs> like, I want to have a drink. But I have like a shit ton of laundry to do. And I had to finish this and I'm going to have to start another one. And I'm like, so I want to have a drink, but I don't want to like drink drink. Yeah. Yeah. Get shit faced. Because like with a beer. <laughs> right. With like a beer or like the seltzers. I mean, three in, I have to make a decision. I'm either and getting shit faced. Dude, when or you I'm get shit faced. Oh, my <clears throat> God. Shush. Mark. Listen. <laughs> I wholeheartedly deserve to get shit-faced babe i do too i'm not saying you don't we both do right so stop making fun of me i don't make fun of you fucking falling asleep right here while you're drinking while we're recording <laughs> yeah i've done that a couple times yeah uh-huh so shut your fucking pie hole i try so hard to fucking stay up too so but when you're shit-faced off of jack daniels you can't yeah, I, it, yeah. exactly so yeah. i was like fuck it i'm gonna but i'm i'm, gonna I'm be a good a girl like i'm gonna get some wine I'm a good drunk, though. I'm not, and I don't care. No, you're not. We're total opposites, because I'm mm-hmm. quiet. I keep to myself. Nope. You are fucking loud, yep. obnoxious, yep. sloppy drunk. Don't care. All over the place. Yep. <laughs> yep. And I just, and when, I'm, like, I'm quiet. It, it doesn't happen very often. No. Anymore. No, no, thank God. Like, I couldn't even tell you the last time I was, like, drunk. Oh, I remember. I'm sure. Could you not be a dick for, like, four seconds? (laughs) Jesus Christ. I think I deserve to get slappy fucking shit face drunk. You do. You do. Um, You've you've had a month. So, I just got wine, though. I got watermelon Moscato and strawberry Moscato. We should get it more often. I'm it's very, fucking delicious. I am very pleasantly surprised. It's very good. I like, have the watermelon right now. You have the strawberry. People may not like this, but I like it more than beer and I like it more than hard liquor. Really? Yes. Well, it's because your vagina is wide and gaping. It is gaping. Mm-hmm. Wide open. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you do see that you're drinking out of my friend's cup, right? Yes. You're the Rachel to my Monica? Yes. <clears throat> I love it. Yeah. I love this glass. So, yeah. So, we're drinking, uh, drinking a little bit of wine. So, I mean... I'm going to need a refill pretty soon. I'm not... No, I'm, <clears throat> I'm going to throw in a dip. I'm not going to have a refill because two will get me fucking... Uh, I'll be sleeping. Gaping vagina. Yeah. I might throw some strawberry in with the rest of this watermelon and see what fucking happens. You might as well. Yeah. So, the Patreons. Well. That's yes. Where, okay. Patreons. Lost my train of thought. Okay. So, we have Christy. Christy, thank you. April. April, thank you. Nikki. Nikki, thank you. And Heather. 
Heather, thank you. Yes, you guys are the tits. Thank you for joining the family. Yes. Uh, welcome to our obnoxiousness. Yes. Yeah. Hope you guys enjoy. <sighs> it's a shit show. That's, it uh, is. It yeah, is. That's for sure. Um, and everyone else, you guys know you're our family too. So yeah. we're not excluding you guys. No. You guys are our family. So And I will literally say together. Britney bitch every episode <clears throat> if it means I get a message about how excited she is that I said Britney bitch. <laughs> right. So, yeah. <clears throat> but uh, well, why don't we get started? All right. Why don't you roll behind you and get that fucking wine out of the freezer? Because I'll get stuck in the doorway, probably, <laughs> with my wheelchair. <laughs> yeah, you probably will. Yeah. It might just be easier for you to get up and get it. All right. So, I can't just call it the Amityville Horror Case. Okay. Because it's so much more than that. So, we are, today, I am telling the story of the DeFeo murders and the subsequent Amityville Horror Case. Okay. So, you can't have one without the other. Uh, when talking about the Amityville horror case, there's really three stories intertwined. The DeFeo murders, the hauntings the Lutzes experienced after, and how the hauntings were portrayed for Hollywood. We'll start with the Lutzes and work our way backwards to the horrific 1974 DeFeo murders and the story that seems the most forgotten. What actually happened at 112 Ocean Avenue? Was there actual evil or the biggest hoax in paranormal history? That's going to depend on who and what you believe. The only thing that isn't questionable is the mass murder of a family while they slept. Take away the slime and demonic pig, and you still have a story of such evil that seems to create more questions than answers. Ooh, that was good, babe. I'm getting really fucking good at these openings. That was real good. So... December 19th of 1975, George and Kathleen Lutz arrive in Amityville, which is a small Long Island suburb about 30 miles from New York City. They brought with them Kathy's three kids from a previous marriage and their dog, who I can't remember if his name is Harry or Henry. Either way, Uh, awesome dog name. So the couple had found their dream home, a Dutch colonial with five bedrooms, three and a half bathrooms, and a boathouse on a canal off the Long Island Sound. Well, that's badass. It gorgeous. Gorgeous. Yeah. And honestly, I didn't realize that, you know, the like iconic picture that you see? Yeah, with the window. Yeah. First of all, the owners, the newer mm-hmm. owners, have since replaced the windows. Oh. They're rectangle windows now instead of like the eyes. Okay. And that's not the front of the house. Yeah, I knew that. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's the back of the house. It's the, well, it's the side. I oh, I, I thought it was the back, uh-uh. like it's the side, near the water. It's, it's like a long rectangle house. Yeah. But yeah, the the side of the house points towards the water. Oh. So that's okay. what you're looking at is the side. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I knew it wasn't the front, though. I didn't. So uh, they got it for quite a deal, too. $80,000, which Whoa. at the time was like nothing for yeah. that big of a house. Um, plus an additional $400 for all the furniture left inside from the previous family. Uh, that's a deal. The previous family being the DeFeos, six of which had been brutally murdered in the house 13 months prior, the remaining DeFeo in prison for the crimes. All right, fuck that. Yep. <laughs> and take the couch. Yeah, take the couch, take yeah. the chair, 
Take everything. So Everything. Kathy and George were aware of the home's history. Uh, they were actually told by the realtor on their final inspection before they made their final decision. So they knew. But they're like, fuck you, spirits. It's 80 grand. Like, we're moving the fuck in. Yeah. I mean, I can't say that I wouldn't do the same. The house was gorgeous. Yeah. And huge. So. <clears throat> huge. Just to be on the safe side, though. George decided to have a priest come bless the house, which seemed like an odd decision for George to make. You know, um, my mom did that. I am not even remotely surprised. My mom did that to ours when we moved in. Do you remember said, when Leah tried to like sage the house? Yes. And we're like, why does it smell like absolute shit? And she's yeah. like, that's the evil spirits. And we're like, fuck. <laughs> we have a lot. God damn it. <laughs> um,. So Kathy was a non-practicing Catholic and George was a non-practicing Methodist. But what made it odd was that George was known to dabble with the occult. Mm -hmm. um, at one point later on, tried to summon the spirits in the house. So to which I say, you brought this upon yourself. Yeah. What are you doing, dude? No. Leave them alone. No, let them be. Leave them Leave be. Leave them alone. So Father Ralph... Pecorio, Pecoraro, he's got a different name in the movie, which I'll get to. So now this is the this is the actual version from the Lutzes. Okay. Okay. Um, he arrived at the home while the Lutzes were still unpacking the moving truck. The priest went inside alone. He went upstairs and started to spray or spritz or whatever holy, holy water, water. Uh, yeah. spritz it. I don't know. Um, he heard a deep, inhuman voice say get out and then felt a slap in the face whoa being the sensible man that he was <laughs> he listened and got the fuck got out of the dodge. fuck out of there yeah <laughs> so he went outside your house is good see ya bye <laughs> he went outside and told george that there was something strange about a particular room which was the attic room yeah. with the eyeball windows um george and kathy said they were planning on turning it into a sewing room and the priest was like, all right, that's cool, but was very adamant that nobody sleeps in that room. Did not elaborate why. Yeah. Okay. So allegedly after leaving, the priest car went haywire. The wipers and the doors were going nuts until the engine finally died. Oh, God. And then shortly after, the priest developed blisters on his hands similar to stigmata. What? Yeah. Now, can you explain stigmata? I should have probably wrote down the definition. I mean, it's like where bleeding you're from the eyes and you're bleeding from the eyes. You, I think believe I believe you bleed from your hands, right? Yeah, from, from the like holes the, where Jesus was crucified, where the nails went into his hands mm -hmm. and feet. You you bleed from there. Now, is it a sign of evil, though? <sighs> Babe, I don't know. I'm sorry, I, I should have looked. I don't know. So, other things started but happening. It, it, it it's a real. It's a thing. It, it's a real thing, though, <clears throat> yeah. when, like, bleeding from your eyes, mm -hmm. isn't that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a real medical condition. It's a real medical condition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so other things started happening almost immediately. Um, there was green ooze coming from the walls, black stains in the toilets. Kathy said that invisible hands scratched and hit her. Oof. Uh, a crucifix was hung in the living room. That eventually turned itself upside down and started emitting a sour smell. Uh, I would leave. Yeah. George said he heard a marching band downstairs, 
and went downstairs to find all the furniture moved to one side of the room. Oh, fuck that. All of their furniture, by the way. Fuck that. So what are they doing what, still living here Well, already? what did you do with your own furniture, first of all? If yeah. you were like, cool, $400 for dead people furniture. Right. Got it. Where's your own shit? They probably sold it. Yeah. Made a killing off of it. So um, there were cold spots in the house. Um, at one point, George said he saw Kathy levitating and then turned into an old woman. Okay. what Like, at what time, like, do you finally say, okay, enough. Well. I'm I'm done. Surprise. So, like, they, they didn't stay long. Okay. So, um, the kids started sleeping on their stomachs, which was odd for the children, their children. But what you need to know is that the DeFeo children were all found on their stomachs. Okay. When they were killed. Okay. Um, It appeared that George was altogether losing his shit at this point. He stopped bathing and taking care of himself and spent all of his time angrily chopping wood, which any woman who has seen the remake knows Ryan Reynolds is out there fucking half naked chopping wood in the rain. Right. Done. Um, He, now, side note, while making the movie, he said that he stayed away from the children actors because George was a dick. In yeah. real life. He wasn't, like, nice to the kids. Yeah. So he stayed away from all of the kids so that when he had to yell at them, it would seem real and he wouldn't be attached to them. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. He's like, I couldn't be, like, friends with them. Yeah. You know? So he was chopping the wood because he constantly wanted to keep a fire going in the living room because of the cold spots. He would also wake up at 3.15 every morning. Now, that was the time that the DeFeo murders allegedly took place. Okay. Excuse me. It's also like, I don't want to say the witching hour. I can't remember. But they say that's like when the the portal to the other world essentially is the most yeah. open. Yeah. Or when you wake up because somebody's staring at you. Right. Like, so three o'clock is just a bad fucking time. Um, Ryan Reynolds would report that during the filming of the movie, he would start waking up at 3.15. Mind over matter, though. Like, you know. Yeah. You think yeah. So as time went on, um, shit only escalated, really. Windows shattered. Doors were ripped off the hinges. George said that he tripped over a small lion statue in the living room. But when he looked down, he saw bite marks on his foot. As if the statue bit him instead of him tripping on it. Um, He took it upstairs, but then found it downstairs again. Yeah, fuck this. The little girl, Missy, um, had a, a demonic friend, essentially, that she called Jody. Um, they said it was a pig. It was a demonic pig. And Kathleen and George said that they had both seen the pig. And George claimed to have found hoof prints. Are they really? hoofs? Cloves? Cloves? Whatever. Oh, pig I feet prints. fucking no Pig feet. Pig feet prints. Finally, after 28 days, the family left and never came back. It took that long? I know, I know. Babe, I day think, one. <laughs> you know, like... As Day soon as the priest came one. out and was like, so someone bitch slapped me up there. I'd yeah. be like, cool. Shit's going back We're in the truck, out. guys. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Pack her up. Time to go. <laughs> um, So according to George, he said, quote, we didn't get up to leave that morning. You need to understand that. That was our house. We lived there. Uh, but after a particularly scary night for two of the kids, they called the priest who then suggested that they spend the night somewhere else in an attempt to get some rest because nobody was sleeping. Yeah. 
Um, George went on to say, quote, when we left, we didn't know we weren't coming back. We didn't know that what we were leaving behind, we would never see again. Now, it's not elaborated what happened that night that sent them out of the house. Mm -hmm. It's alleged that George became possessed and attempted to hurt the children. And that's when they all were like, we got to get the fuck out of here before he hurts somebody. Yeah. It's never been confirmed. Okay. Um, So all they had was what they packed for the night's stay at Kathy's mom's house. And this was January 14th of 75. Um, They left everything in the house that would soon be auctioned off later. And they boarded a plane to San Diego. Mm. That was it. Wow. So now two months after the family left, word got around town and a local TV station decided to start an investigation. Uh, Rapora Laura... Didio, I believe is how they say it, gathered a team of parapsychologists for what she called a, quote, psychic slumber party. Oh, fuck that. I, dude, I don't know how these ghost hunters do yeah, this shit. Yeah, I know. Fuck that. So, Like one, hearing a voice or seeing or mm-hmm. touching, like, ugh, I, I just got chills right yeah. now. So one person fell ill and said that they felt personally threatened by an evil being. Um, another saw the tear-stained face of a child. I keep getting chills. Yeah. Ed and Lorraine Warren, who were infamous demonologists, were also in attendance. Now, have you seen The Conjuring? I've not seen The Conjuring bits because I don't pieces. do scary movies. Yeah, okay. bits and pieces. So The Conjuring is based off of Ed and Lorraine Warren's stories. <clears throat> okay. So uh, Lorraine went on to say that it was this house was home to something, quote, right from the bowels of hell. And that her experience was, quote, as close to hell as I'll ever get. Mm. Now, evidence-wise, they came away with very little to prove that this house was possessed, haunted. Um, There is a photo of a boy with glowing eyes, which it's a pretty famous photo. You've probably seen it and not realized that you've seen it. Yeah, probably. So some some skeptics say that it was somebody who got in front of the infrared camera that they had out. Others say that apparently at the time, it was very easy to create photos like that mm-hmm. from double exposure. Oh, okay. I don't give a fuck if it's fake or not. I saw that shit in my sleep for like the last week. Yeah, so, fuck that. No. Um, George released the photo in 1979 um, to claim that it was paranormal proof that the house was haunted. Mm-hmm. He says it shows one of the DeFeo boys. So... Um, so, was it really I mean, demons? Did, have you seen the photo? Yeah, I see it right now with my eyes wide the fuck open. Does it look like one of the DeFeo it boys? It looks like a fucking child with glowing eyeballs standing around a fucking staircase. Oh, yeah, you're gonna have to see it because then when we're both up at three o'clock in the morning, we'll have a reason why. Yeah. So, what was really causing the demon activity? Like, was it actually happening? Yeah. Literally the most stereotypical reason ever came out shortly after. Somebody said that it was the house was built on an ancient burial ground. Of course. So poltergeist, right? Yeah, of course. Which we should do. We should do poltergeist, the story of poltergeist. Mm, Yeah. Um we can. Because well, the one daughter was actually murdered by her boyfriend. Yeah, I know. So yeah. Um so allegedly, according to author Jay Anson, who we'll get to him later. Uh, the Lutzes were approached by a local historian who said that their property 
excuse me, their home was on the property of the Shinnecock tribe that used the land. Shikaki. Yeah. To house their, quote, sick, mad, and dying. Oh, stop. Um, they of left their unfortunate they to die of exposure. And the tribe thought that the property was crawling with demonic beings. Now, in 1977, parapsychologist Hans Holzer. Hans. Hans a, and Franz. Took a psychic to the Amityville property to channel the spirit of an Indian chief. Oh, God. Um, this guy said the chief told him it was on a burial ground. And that the chief had possessed Ronald DeFeo, made him kill his family, and then ran the Lutzes out. Mm. Okay? Are you following me so far? Mm-hmm. Okay. There is literally zero proof of this. Okay. Um, that particular tribe was actually 70 miles away and would not leave their sick to die alone. Native Americans are very much, you take care of your elderly. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Um, that's completely what I thought. So... All of this together caused the Amityville Horror to be one of the most famous hauntings in history. Yeah. Uh, But odds are we wouldn't have heard of any of it if it weren't for Jay Hansen. Now, he was a scriptwriter who specialized in documentary shorts. He wanted to try something different, so he was like, fuck it, I'm going to write a book. Cool. He listened to 45 hours of recorded interviews of George and Kathy talking about the hauntings of the house. He wrote Amityville Horror in three months. It was published in 1977. So Amityville Horror is a book. Really? It's a book. And had he not decided to write a book, we would have never fucking heard of this. No one would have ever known about this shit. Nope. Wow. So he wrote the book in three months. Um, it became a bestseller. It sold three million copies. Did it really? And then it all fell apart. Why? Um, the Lutzes would say that they called the police multiple times to report these instances, but there's no record of them ever calling the police. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody went in and uh, looked at the house to verify whether or not the fixtures and shit were damaged. All of them were the original fixtures with no damage. Yeah. Uh, the priest that allegedly blessed the home said that he was never even in the house. He only spoke with George over the phone. And it's also alleged that the Lutzes um, plan to capitalize on the house's history. They met with William Weber before they met with Jay Anson. Who's William Weber, you ask? Yes. Who is he? He's Ronald DeFeo Jr.'s attorney. Ah. He would come out in 1979 and say that him and the Lutzes made up the story, quote, over many bottles of wine. (laughs) He would tell the couple details of the DeFeo murders and George would, um, what the fuck did I write? The. Oh, I don't know what I wrote. It, the, and. Yeah, he would kind of like spice him up. Um, like the demonic pig was really the neighborhood cat kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But why? Make money. George had a bad mortgage and work problems and they needed cash. There you Uh, go. Weber wanted a new trial for DeFeo where they would actually believe the devil made him do it defense. Oh, shit. And he, Weber wanted in on the book deal. So when the Lutzes decided to go with Jay Anson, Weber sued the Lutzes for $2 million. Really? Mm -hmm. Now, the Lutzes up until their deaths, 
Kathleen died in 04. George died in 06, I believe. Swore it actually happened. They took multiple polygraphs and passed all of them. Really? Son Christopher said that while it did happen, a lot of what was in the book was exaggerated. But the events in the book were based off of truth. Hmm. Son Daniel said that the house ruined his life and he continues to have nightmares to this day. Really? Daughter Missy won't even talk about it. Really? Uh, Son Daniel actually did a documentary and couldn't get within X amount of feet of the house without freaking the fuck out. No shit. So they're saying it it happened, but it was exaggerated. exaggerated. Yeah, of course. So Amityville Horror was a book. Wow. Didn't see that coming, did you? No, I didn't. So. Wow. Now, this wouldn't have happened without the DeFeo murders. Yeah. Okay. Robert Butch DeFeo murdered his entire family in November of 1974. So now, with the DeFeo murders, the only story, I guess is the right word for it, that people know is that Ronald Butch DeFeo Jr. said that he murdered his entire family because the voices in his head told him to do so. Yeah. That he was possessed. Right. Not even motherfucking close. Really? Oh my God. Really? Not even close. Okay. So Ronald Butch DeFeo Jr. was born September 26th of 1951 in Brooklyn, New York to parents Ronald Sr. and Louise. He was the oldest of five children. There was Dawn, Allison, Mark, and John Matthews. Ron Sr. and Louise Briganti met in Brooklyn. She was a natural beauty who was interested in modeling and was dating Mel Torme at the time. Do you know who Mel Torme is? Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> she was close with her parents, but they weren't happy when instead of Mel, she chose Big Ronnie. Mm, Big Ron. They called him Big Ronnie because he was like 6'2", 270. And I was like, he ain't got nothing on Mark. No. Yeah. Fuck no. 6'2", so 300 yeah. right here, baby. It was love at first sight for them. Um, her parents said that he was rude and a braggart. And Louise didn't care. The pair married in 1951. Her parents responded by completely cutting her the fuck off. So... Um, they didn't stay away long, though. They came back a few months after the wedding for the birth of their first grandson. Mm. Her father wanted to make sure that Louise was taken care of, so he bought them the house in Amityville. He then continued to buy furniture and do upkeep on the Dutch Colonial that had a pool and a boat dock. Uh, Amityville was an upscale, affluent part of Long Island. Um, they also had life-size portraits, which you can see in the movies. Like, they make a big deal out of these portraits. Yeah. There are life-size oil portraits that Louise's father paid $50,000 to have done. What? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that, dude. It's not worth it. Do you know how many pictures I can take for 50 grand? <laughs> it's not worth Shit. it. So, Man. Big Ronnie hung a sign that said, High Hopes, at the home's entrance. They were described as kind, loving people and a, quote, nice, normal family. They were an upper-class, typical Italian Catholic family. And Ron Sr., Big Ronnie, was described as like an Archie Bunker type. Which, if you're our age, oh, you know yeah. who Archie Bunker is. He's yeah. chauvinistic, had to be in control. He was right. a big presence, you know. 
Um, his father-in-law employed him at uh, his Buick dealer in Brooklyn. Now, many speculated that Big Ronnie's domineering authoritative demeanor stemmed from being in Luis Brigante's dad, Michael, um, in his shadow. And he he wouldn't be able to take care of his family if it wasn't for... Are you going to sneeze? No, I'm oh. taking a breath. If it wasn't for Brigante. Um, so he compensated by being big and loud and abusive as fuck. Yeah. So... He would engage in hot-tempered fights with Louise and the kids, Louise being the main target until Butch got older. Um, He would be playful and affectionate one minute and then turn on a dime. He, at one point, slapped Louise for no reason when she was coming um, up the stairs from the basement, knocked her ass back down the stairs for no reason. Uh, And he was seen pushing Butch into a wall when Butch was only two. Uh, Butch was a bigger kid in school and, and suffered relentless teasing by classmates. They called him Porkchop and the Blob. Oh, fuck. No bitches. Um, but Big Ronnie was the biggest bully about Butch being overweight. Yeah. Which is funny coming from an overweight man with the nickname Big Ronnie. Right. God. Who the fuck are you to say right? anything? And he was big. Like, he looks like, he almost looks like Andre the Giant. Like facial features and stuff. Yeah. But not, I mean, obviously not the same size, but. Yeah. Um, so by the time he was a teen, Butch had lost most of the weight, but he did it through the use of amphetamines. <clears throat> he would take speed oh, to lose well, weight. Yeah. Right. There you go. Same dude. Same. That'll do it. That's cool. Um, he also started drinking heavily. He said yeah. he, he liked scotch on the rocks. Uh, as he got older, he started lashing out his father in response to seniors abuse. Um, to the point that family and the few friends that Butch had were growing increasingly concerned about his behavior. His parents, his parents, excuse me, attempted to take him to a psychiatrist and Butch was like, mm, fuck and no. Yeah. So instead they bribed him with cash and presents, including mm. a $14,000 speedboat. Oh. Which it's noted that I want one. Allison, his sister, she loved being on the boat, and she was considered his favorite sibling. Yeah. Which is interesting later. So, pin that. Instead of really placating him, it made it worse. Uh, by 17, he was drinking heavy, heavily, even more so, and allegedly using LSD and heroin. He was expelled from school for violent outbursts. Um, but at, despite this, at age 18, Butch was given a job at the car dealership. He had little to no expectations of him and was given um, a weekly stipend by senior despite his attendance or performance. He even got a car as a gift. What? Yeah. He spent all his money on the car. Guns, drugs, and alcohol. Hey, Mm -hmm. if you're going to do it, go big or go Mm -hmm. home. So at one point, he threatened a family friend with um, a rifle on a hunting trip. But then later on that day, acted like it never happened. Oh, okay. Yeah. He also attempted to shoot his father with a 12-gauge shotgun during a fight, but the gun malfunctioned. Jesus. Yeah. So, while the abusive nature of the household was not super public knowledge, the family's ties to the mafia was a well-known rumor. Mm-mm. Now, Ron Sr.'s brother, mm. Peter was speculated to be part of the uh, Genovese crime family. Yeah. Genovese. 
Yeah. Sorry. Genovese. <clears throat> but the main ties were through Michael Briganti, Louise's dad, and the Buick dealership. He had ties to the Gambino crime family. Did he really? Yes. Now, and this was known because Big Ronnie was like, yeah, I'm part of the mob. Yeah. Like, he fucking told everybody. Yeah. Like, it's like Fight Club. Number one rule of Fight you, Club. You don't you, talk about fucking Fight Club. You don't fucking talk about it. Yeah. So. Um, People just fucking know. I, they do. That's the thing. And it was yeah. like the rumor. Like everybody knew, you know. Yeah, you don't need to fucking tell people. Jesus they fuck, know. They get it. Yeah. So, and I mean, in the 70s in New York, that was it. That was big time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big time. New York, Milwaukee. So now the dealership was a mob front for loan sharking, real estate, land development, and oil. Because oil was a big thing in the 70s too. Because they said there was an oil shortage and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Now, Butch confirmed all this in a 1995 interview. But then recanted in a 2000 interview saying that there was nothing going on at the yeah. dealership. He's full of shit. So by the fall of 1974, the DeFeo family was not doing well. Uh, the feds knew that Briganti and DeFeo were doing more business than just selling Buicks at the car dealership. Mm. Because in 1970, the Nixon administration passed the Racketeering Influenced and Corrupt Organization Act, known as RICO. Yeah. Now, because of this, prosecutors were able to go um, after those involved in organized crime. However, they were able to go after individuals for individual crimes now, as opposed to grouping them all under organized crime family. Right. So this became a real threat. Uh, federal prosecutors were looking to go after anyone for anything that they could. So it's possible that they had something brewing with the Buick dealership. Yeah. Now, there were wiretaped conversations from a separate investigation in Brooklyn that then involved the dealership. So the feds knew. Ooh, yeah. Now, Ron Sr. was skimming money off the top. It was a well-known rumor quote-unquote this was a big problem not only for the dealership but also for for the mob you don't take their fucking money so briganti was thinking really hard about closing the dealership because really the feds were closing in yeah so um ron senior was in charge of the ledgers so the ledgers held everything all the customers the dealings the mob money yeah everything so it was alleged that he would take those home and he would pad the books, essentially. Um, he did it to cover up the mob activity. But he also did it to cover up his own fucking yeah. dealings. Now, right. Briganti knew that he was stealing. Okay. Knew that he was skimming money off the top. But he also knew that if he said anything about it, it would break his daughter's heart, first of all. But the mob would break his motherfucking legs. Oh, yeah. So he and a just, heartbeat. He, he kept it to himself. So now, that wasn't the only thing, though. Uh, Big Ronnie was unstable. No shit. He was suffering from delusions and at one point told everybody that he had ESP. ESPN? Uh, extrasensory <laughs> perception. Yeah. Which, it's ironic now. because So CNN did this whole big thing. And Donnie Wahlberg is actually the host of it. Yeah. And he talks about how Ron Sr. has a sixth sense. We remember him 
he was in the fucking movie, he, yeah. the crackhead in the bathroom. He was the crackhead, yeah. yeah. Um, so he would call his family in the middle of the night, telling them that they need to pack up and move because a tsunami was coming. They live in wow. Long Island. Yeah, they're safe. Um, it's, <laughs> no it's, tsunami. It's, it's not coming. Yeah. yeah. But he was adamant that he was receiving messages to get his family to move. Um, one day, Ron Sr. had a revelation in church and said that he had become one with St. Joseph. Really? He started corresponding with a priest in Montreal who was actually a con man, but was feeding into all of Ron Sr.'s visions <laughs> and beliefs. Yeah. Uh, he had several religious statues in his yard, including a St. Joseph holding a baby Jesus. Does he have, did he have a Virgin Mary? We need to go take it. My mom's needs to be taken. We need to take it and put it in our front yard. Your brother and I have been talking about this for like 13 years now. That, How the fuck are we going to steal it? That woman has painted it so many times. First of all, it's got to weigh she, 700 pounds just from the paint. Oh, I know. She paints it every year. Mary has no feet anymore. They're just nubs sticking out from her yes. fucking Robin Eggs blue dress. We need to take the Virgin Babe, Mary. I, we're just going to go take it. Let's just go take it. Yes. There's nubs. It's just nubs coming out of the dress. There's yes. no, like Shouldn't she we be wearing it. sandals or some shit? Something. White nubs sticking out. <clears throat> so Ronnie Sr. would go out in the front yard in his underwear and pray... To St. Joseph holding the baby Jesus. Hey, there you go. Uh, Louise would come outside and be like, hey, get your crazy fucking ass back in the house. Put the some neighbors pants on. are fucking staring. <laughs> Put some pants on. And he would say, keep it up, woman, and I'm going to beat you like I did 10 fucking minutes ago. And then go back to praying to fucking St. Joseph mm. holding the baby Jesus. Um, So so they he was a little, um, little, little weird. Yeah, just a tad. So now, Butch says that in the fall of 1974, his dad and his grandfather were working on a big deal, possibly dealing with oil. Um, And Butch said that because of this, he knew something was going to happen to his mom and dad. He knew something big was going to happen to them, but he didn't know when and he didn't know what. Yeah. Um, This deal never materialized, most likely because of the feds. So others say that this deal never happened because twenty grand went missing. Yeah, uh, Butch was supposed to make a twenty thousand dollar bank deposit, but said that he was mugged at two thirty in the afternoon. Sure. Mm-hmm. When police came to question him, he lost his shit, just got defensive immediately. Yeah. Uh, the police asked him to come look at mug shots, but he refused to comply. Um, he ended up coming home with a brand new wardrobe, though. Hey, so, all right. At which point Ron Sr. was like, listen, you little fuck. Like, I know you took the money. Yeah. How do we explain this? Because you know who's going to want their money? The fucking mob. Yep. They're going to want it. Oh, yeah. And Butch, his only response was to threaten to kill him. Wow. Yeah. So tensions wow. clearly are at an all-time high Yeah. now. And when Ron Sr. is like, the mob's going to want their fucking money, you know. Butch goes home, finds the ledgers that his dad keeps in the basement, burns them, and then buries the ashes in the woods. Wow. Yeah, because he said, well, they're going to come looking for him. Yeah. You know, no one's really sure how men, like how tied Butch was to the mafia, but it said that he was a huge part of the wiretaped conversations. Yeah. 
Um, and a lot of what was said was the kid could hang us with all he knows. Ooh. So. Jeez. This is one version. Okay. Of what happened. This is most likely the actual version. Right. Of what happened. Right. On November 13th of 1974, in the early hours of the morning, uh, approximately 3 to 3.15, Butch went um, after his entire family. He grabbed a 35 caliber Marlin rifle from his secret gun stash, entered his parents' room, and shot both parents while they slept. Jeez. He then went to his brother's room and shot both brothers while they slept, oh. and went to his sister's room and shot both sisters while they slept. Oh. Now... Allison's death was particularly brutal. She was shot point blank in the face as if he meant to disfigure her, which she was his favorite. Yeah. So why? I don't know. Um, All in all, it took about 15 minutes. He showered, dressed for work, put the bloody clothes in a pillowcase Threw the pillowcase in a storm drain, threw the gun in the canal. Like nothing happened. Like nothing happened and went to work at 6 a.m. Jeez. When he got to work, he called home pretending to not know why his dad didn't come to work. Yeah. Uh, He left work at noon saying that he was bored, which wasn't abnormal for him. He could come and go as he pleased. Yeah. Uh, He spent the day with his friends making a point to tell each one of them that he couldn't get a hold of anybody at home. At around 6 o'clock, he called a friend, frantic, and said someone broke into the house and shot his family. He then drove to the local bar, grabbed friends, and came back, to which one friend called the police. When a Suffolk County detective questioned Butch, he immediately said mafia hitman Louis Fellini might be responsible. There was an old grudge between uh, Fellini and his father over work at the dealership. Putting the mob under under the boss. So he said he sat up late watching TV, couldn't sleep, and left for work early. He also said that he believed his family was alive when he left. Um, gave him the alibi, you know. And police were like, hang on. What? It says you added a new photo on Facebook. Um, so at this point, the police are concerned for his safety. Because they're like, well, the fucking mob came and yeah. killed everybody but you. Yeah. Why? So they, they put him in protective custody. Thinking, yeah. okay. So it turns out Fellini had an alibi. Wasn't in the area. Mm-hmm. They start searching the house. Police find an empty box for a thirty-eight caliber Marlin rifle. Mm-hmm. So they end up arresting him. Yeah. His second story was that all of the same, except that when he went to the house, Fellini was there and held the gun to his head. Of course. Yeah. Now, years later, Butch tells a new author what actually happened. This is what he says actually happened. Okay. So this was, he's already in prison. Yeah. He's already been convicted. So he says that on November 12th of 1974, his sister Dawn was fighting with their parents. Dawn's boyfriend lived in Florida, and she wanted to move. She wanted to go be with him or get the fuck away from her family yeah. because, you know, why not? Right. Um, at this point, Dawn reacted to Senior's abuse by lunging at him with a knife. Mm. Louise intervened, 
Uh, once again, always protecting Ron Sr., which was a big point of contention for the kids. Yeah. Why aren't you defending the kids? The laundry's done. Yeah, the washer's done. <laughs> um, now, it's alleged, too, that Butch was living in New Jersey at this time. I can't find anything to prove that. Okay. Whether he was or not. Yeah. Louise called him at home <laughs> and said, you have to come here. There's, there's trouble at yeah. home. So when he gets to the house, he finds his youngest brother or his young brother, John Matthew, who was nine at the time, curled up in a, in, in a ball in the doorway, bleeding from the face because Ron Sr. had punched him. Now, big Ronnie, Ron Sr. had abused Butch and Louise and sometimes John, but yeah. really had left the little kids alone. Right. So the fact that he, he punched the little one in the face really pissed off Butch. Yeah. So he goes upstairs he finds Dawn is hysterical and is fighting with Ron Sr. Mom is beat up in a torn nightgown. There's another brother in his room screaming, can I come out, can I come out? And then Ron Sr. lunged at Butch. He missed and he fell, which caused both Dawn and Butch to start laughing. Then according to him, everybody went about their fucking day. Like nothing ever happened because this was status quo for them. This is wow. what happened all the time. This was yeah. normal for them. Yeah. So Dawn and Butch were in the basement and Dawn's like, we have to, we have to kill him. Mom's brainwashed. Dad's lost his fucking mind. Like we can't do this anymore. Butch thought she was full of shit and was like, here's my car keys. Go, go see a movie. Go do something. Just get the fuck out of the house. Mm-hmm. So she left. But when she came home, Butch says that they overheard Ron Sr. and Louise talking, saying that Dawn needed to be institutionalized and they needed to find somebody to kill Butch. So at first, Butch is like, whatever, what the fuck ever. This isn't going to happen. And Dawn's like, no, like they're for real this time. Yeah. He said that when he heard his mother crying, he knew that this was an actual plan, that his mother had just conceded and this was it. She had finally lost the battle. She wasn't going to save the kids anymore. So this caused Butch to panic. Him and Dawn decided, we're going to kill him. We're going to kill mom and dad. We're going to take the kids to uh, grandma and grandpa's. We're going to kill him. We're going to stage a robbery. Wow. Okay. They go upstairs. Apparently, they forgot to take the kids (laughs) to the grandparents. Now, at this point, it's to be said that they're all fucked up in some way, shape, or form. They're all not sober. They're either drunk or on drugs. Okay, that's... I didn't know if you meant like mental illness or... No, they're all... Just shit-faced. They're all shit-faced at this point. So they go upstairs and Butch could not fire the weapon. So Dawn is like, fuck you, give it here. Mm -hmm. She grabs a rifle from him, fires the first shot. Hits Ron Sr. Their mom sits up... And at this point, Butch is like, she's in on this. Like, I, I can't, she can't, she can't go on. Like, she's in on this. She's brainwashed. So he takes the gun from Dawn and shoots and kills his mom. Wow. At this point, they figure out that Ron Sr. is not dead, that the shot that Dawn fired did not kill him. So he lunged at both of them. And as he hit the hallway, Butch fired the rifle again and killed Ron Sr. At this point, this gun is apparently a giant motherfucking gun. Yeah. It's loud <clears throat> as balls. Right. Well, any shotgun right. is. Well, now the kids wake up. And Butch is like, what the fuck? 
like they were supposed to go to grandma and grandpa's. Apparently he forgot to take them too, but yeah. you know, whatever. So he says to Dawn, I'm going to go pick up so-and-so. We're going to come back here and we're going to fuck up the house and stage robbery. Right. You take the kids to grandma and grandpa's. Right. Butch comes back. The kids are still there. But Dawn had killed them. This is what he says. Really? That Dawn shot all of them. Because they confronted Dawn, essentially. And she was like, if you open your fucking mouth, like, I'll, I'll beat your ass, basically. And then decided to kill them because they would have plotted revenge. They would have told on them. And they needed parents to survive. So because wow. their parents were dead, yeah. Dawn had to kill them, too. Mm. Now, at this That's point... interesting. Yeah. At this point, Butch says he is overcome with rage. Like, why would you kill the little kids? Why would you do that? So he says they fought over the gun. He ended up hitting Dawn in the head, knocking her onto the bed, grabbed the shotgun, and fired. He said that he thought he hit her in the neck, but ended up hitting her in the head and thought to himself afterwards, what the fuck did I just do? Hence the sole survivor. Now, he changed his story multiple times. He would end up coming back to this story. Yeah, it, I, it's a compelling story, but you don't know if you should believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Because that's not the first story he gave. The first interrogation, he, he, he immediately yeah. said the mob did it. Yeah, he keeps changing his story. Right. You don't know what the fuck to believe. You don't know what the... I, probably bits and pieces of it are true. So... He eventually confessed, saying it was a, yeah. it was an impulsive crime of passion. Okay. And said that, uh, quote, it all happened so fast. Once I started, I couldn't stop. It all happened so fast. Now, he gets an attorney. The attorney argues that he was beaten into a confession. That he didn't do it. This was the first story the attorney gave. Okay. Because at the time, Suffolk County DA's office and the homicide division had been accused of beating inmates, coursing confessions, and even torture. Well, it's the 70s, so... That's exactly what was fucking happening. That's exactly (laughs) what was happening across the nation. Right. So it was alleged that Butch was beaten and tortured into this confession. And Suffolk County... Which, I, I mean, it could have happened, too. Right. Suffolk County did not come out until 1997 to deny these allegations. Now, that makes me feel like they're somewhat guilty. Now, Butch never said that's what happened. He never came out and said he was beat. When yeah, he went to his for arraignment... For to come out so long... Right. At his arraignment, he was covered in bruises. And the attorney said, well, his his dad did that. Mm. Yeah, conveniently. Like, his bruises were caused by whoever the attorney wanted to fucking blame at the time. Of course. His attorney looks like Al Capone, by the way. Really? Um, when he was questioned, though, the callousness he had about his family was really what pushed him. You know, they, they ended up finding out that that Fellini guy had an alibi. And the mob flat out was like, listen... We don't fucking kill kids. Right. We don't kill kids. We didn't right. do this. We we don't kill children. Right. They don't. 
So... Now, the Russian mob... The, yeah, you're they, fucking people. They kill the entire family. They don't give a fuck. Italian mob is... They, they don't kill they, kids. Yeah, they play by different rules. So now... He... The calluses... He talks about how his mom's cooking was shit. And he watched his little brother twitch while he died. Oh. How do you not think he did it? Yeah. But then... Everybody questions now... So this allegedly took approximately 15 minutes. Neighbors didn't hear shit except a dog barking. Now it would come out later that neighbors did hear the gunshots. And by later, I mean like 2000 teens later. What? And they were like, we just kind of thought it was them losing their fucking minds again. Nobody thought anything of oh, it. Oh, yeah. Shooting guns and drinking. Well, that's what they did. That's wow. That's what they did. Okay. Now... This gun was very, very loud. So. Yeah, a shotgun is, babe. I understand that. It's part of the story. Okay. <laughs> How come nobody woke up? Nobody woke up. He yeah. shot his parents. And then over the course of 15 minutes, he shot the rest of them. Nobody woke up. Maybe they did. They didn't. They were all found in their beds, on their stomachs, shot like they had been sleeping. But were they placed there? Nobody knows. That's what I'm saying. They weren't drugged. He at one point said that he drugged their dinner, but they weren't drugged. Toxicology tests proved that they weren't. They had nothing in their systems. Yeah, but they could have been placed there. They could have been, 100%. But we don't know that. They say no. Because there was no evidence of anybody being shot and or injured anywhere but in their beds. And if you look at the crime scene photos, under all of them is just a, a singular spot of blood. blood. There's not trails. There's not drag yeah. marks. There's not even like... Dripping. There's not anything. even like, you know, like you would see like the circle and then yeah. like, there's none of that. It's all underneath them. Hmm. So. That's interesting. Yeah. So now they get to trial. Okay. And his attorney decides to say, uh, oh. Really? Sorry. That's um, interesting. Shut up. I was reading about our ice cream. Um, <laughs> Squirrel. Babe, I need fucking Adderall so bad it's not even funny. Um, so he goes to trial. And his attorney's defense is that he killed his family in self-defense because he heard demonic voices in his head. Which is why the attorney went uh, to the Lutzes a year the, later. That makes sense. Right. Because the Lutzes moved in right around the time of trial is when they bought the house. He was convicted almost a year to the day later. The Lutzes bought the house and they bought the house in November-ish, October. Yeah. The trial was in November. It only lasted a month. The family moved in in December. Mm. So he was trying to get the demonic voices. Wow. Yeah. So now, ultimately, DeFeo was found guilty of six counts of second-degree murder. Um, He would be sentenced to six consecutive sentences of 25 years to life. Mm -hmm. He ended up dying in March of 2021. Did he really? He did. He gave multiple stories. 
Yeah. Never you, the same story. Yeah. You you don't know what is true. And you still I'm sure don't. bits and pieces of it are, you know, from each story yep. a little bit. Yep. Bits and pieces are true, but. You, you never know. You, you don't know. And he initially took the full brunt of it. Never said why. Ever. Why he did it. What yeah. prompted him to do it. What the motive was. Just originally that he killed him. And then he comes out and says, this whole thing happened with Dawn and then Dawn killed the kids and then I killed Dawn in response to that and then went back on that story. You don't know why. what happened. Nobody will I mean, ever if, know. If you're locked up and you're not getting out, what's, what's the, the difference? What's the point of lying? Mm-hmm. You know, what? what's the point of holding back anymore? Just yep. say how, say what happened. Now... Say how it is. I have to look a little further into this. I don't think they did any testing on him, so to speak, when he died. Um, A lot of people tend to think that he was suffering from PTSD Mm -hmm. from the abuse of his father. Um, A lot of people also think that because of the extensive abuse that he suffered some sort of head injury. And it was similar to the CTE. And that's why he did it. So, our neighbor Alex just texted me. Mm-hmm. Did you guys order monsters? So, so they they're on their front porch. They're on their front porch. Yeah. They do that all the time. <laughs> That's why I was just. Let me see what he's Your Meyer say. order was delivered. To see where your shopper placed it, refer to this photo. <laughs> uh so I'm sorry I cut Jamie off uh, when I hit pause. Our neighbor <laughs> got our Meyer order. Poor Alex. If I was him, I would have just... Fucking eaten it. I, I would have eaten all the ice cream, but he's such a good guy. He sends me a text. Hey, did you guys order something? Some monsters? <laughs> I was like, yeah, monster and ice cream for a midnight yeah. snack. So, sorry I cut you off, babe. Whatever. I'm fucking used to it. So, (sighs) continue. Nobody knows what happened. That that was it? That was it. I told you I was almost done. (laughs) Like, nobody nobody know nobody will ever know what the actual fucking story is. See, that's bullshit. Like, dude, you're you're locked up. Mm -hmm. You're never getting out. You're gonna die in jail. He just Just, kept telling different stories. What do you get out of that? You know what I mean? Nothing. And what do you get out of blaming your sister? Yeah. Because if that's what actually happened, why wouldn't you say that to begin with? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. (sighs) I'm still blown the fuck away that Amityville Horror was a book. (laughs) I, Dude, that kills me. Yeah. You know, and I bet most scary movies, like this is... How they're based. Yeah. Like but these true, based on true that. stories. Because they always say in the beginning, oh, based on a true story. Right. It's probably bullshit. Right. Like bits and pieces are true. It's just, it's so, I mean, to hear like the family be like, no, this, this fucking happened. We are, we are not yeah, bullshitting you. that's weird. This fucking happened. Passing polygraphs and for one kid to now, be like. I don't believe in. I don't either at all. But, but if I you're mean, passing them like that, left and right, left. It's and, not one yeah. of those like you're taking them till you pass or you're taking them until you fail. You yeah, know? 
And even the one kid who was like, yeah, it was exaggerated, but it's still, it happened. This shit really happened. That's weird. Yeah. So I wonder if the, if it is a little haunted. And here's the thing. Now, there's a new family that lives in there now, though, right? Oh, there's been a few. Yeah. And it's not 112 Ocean Avenue anymore. It's 108. They changed the address on oh, it. Oh, no kidding. And they changed the windows to kind yeah. of take it away. Because people were showing up all the fucking time. Right, right. But... And it, it almost makes you wonder, I mean... But it's a be- it was a beautiful house, so... House. It's still there. It's yeah. still there. People probably live there. It sold for... Last time it sold... I can't remember what year, but it sold for like 600K. Did it really? Yeah. I mean, you figure it's... it's Whoa. It's Long Island. It's a fucking huge house. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 600K, now, though. Did but he hear voices? The, like, for the background on it, though, I, yeah. I would think... Now, there have been people who have come out after living there and have been like, yeah, none of that shit happened here. That's okay. what I was going to ask, too, also, like on previous. Did, did you dabble in the occult? <laughs> like, right. Like the one did, you know? Are you summoning the fucking DeFeo boys? Yeah, no. right. I don't know. Just I, the callousness of his interviews, uh, the fact that his favorite sibling was shot in the face. Yeah. She was the only one shot in the face. That's that's fucked up. They were mostly, it looks like they were shot in the back hmm. while they were sleeping. Yeah. Now, it which goes, it contradicts his second story when he says, you know, that Ron Sr. lunged at him in the hallway and then he shot him. So what, right. you shot him and then pulled him into bed? Because the crime scene photos, his parents are in the bed. Right. And his father clearly has a gunshot wound to the back. In one of them... That's weird. It's really hard to tell. The, the one who was shot in the face... Uh, this is graphic, I apologize, but it's either her hair or the back of her head that is, like, sticking out. Really? Yeah. But they're all shot in the back. On their stomachs. Ooh, that's weird. There's so many things that are just, like... Yeah, so sketchy. Fuck? I mean, was he was he fucked up in the head from all the drugs he did? Oh, I'm sure. And was I'm sure alcohol played a big right? factor. Well, and dad, too, had said he had ESP and had all these visions. So was he... ESPN. Was he, <laughs> scared, was he paranoid schizophrenic? And maybe Butch was getting it? Because he was 23, yeah. which is right around the time when that diagnosis comes out. Right. So right. was he hearing voices? Or was he just sick and tired of getting the fuck beat out of him by his dad? Which could have been too. And I feel like the part where he talks about how he just couldn't take it anymore with his dad and then he just couldn't take it anymore with his mom. He was very, very close with his mom, but his mom got to the point where she would always defend dad. dad. And, you know, when they got into it upstairs and he lunged at the two kids and he fell, mom went right to dad. Yeah. And that's what pissed him off. So was he just like, fuck this? But then why kill your siblings? Yeah. Maybe the part where he says, you know, Don was talking about how they can't live without parents. Maybe that's what he thought. Yeah. Or just it, you, you kill your parents and then it's just too much. You well, know, because, you don't want the other kids to suffer. Well, and he's so, the oldest. He would have gotten them. Well, that's the thing. But you don't want them to suffer, mm-hmm. you know, without parents. So you just. You get rid of them. Or was it really you thought you were going to get away with it? Yeah. And you had to kill it, him to get God, away with it. it. It could have been any any of that. But that's like, I mean, that's the, the big like 
that's that was the cause of everything yeah. the Lutzes and everything and that's the story that's just not told nobody yeah. hears they hear that you know there were murders in the house and the son heard voices and that's why he killed the family and then everybody who moved in after that was possessed it's not even fucking close right it's not even close right i don't i don't know i mean could don have i mean really it's plausible it is it is it's but it's a plausible story but i mean there's nothing to to back and, it up yeah and I, I just don't know why he would throw that out there if it didn't happen uh, yeah why why all of a sudden would he take why why would he confess to it take the blame and then years later go no 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 yeah. my sister helped right i don't know you know that's the <sighs> same story essentially that chris watts said that he walked in on shanann yeah killing the girls right and become so enraged that he killed shanann right right so now I, I mean he's saying this is what happened he became so enraged at dawn for killing the kids that he killed her mm. just what i i don't know if i believe that i don't i don't either it's too violent but the family was violent so i mean with yeah, the background and everything, could could it have happened that way? Absolutely. Oh, it, it definitely could have. But it's so complicated. Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah. This was not what it, I fucking thought it was going to be. It sucks, because we'll never know. Mm-mm. We'll never fucking know. Only so, other people that know are the ones who died. Yep. Yep. Well, thanks for another fucked up one. Yeah. Yeah. You're, uh, <laughs> you're welcome. The wine was delicious, though. Yeah. I'm about to have some more. Are you? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm about to pass out on the so couch. like, it was a book. Motherfuckers, it was a book. It, a fucking excellent one at oh, that, though. It was a fucking In an seller. excellent movie. There's no less than 18 movies Ryan that have been Reynolds made. without a shirt? Big. Hello. Yeah. There's been Hello. No, no less than 18 movies made in relation to this. That many? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that many. Yep. I did not know that. Yeah. It's, That's crazy. I don't I don't it I don't know. Well that was good. You did some really good research in there because that's that fucked up my world. I've been listening so. to Donnie Wahlberg for a week. It's great. I like Donnie Wahlberg. Yeah, he's soothing. I mean he's talking about horrific fucking murders, but he's he's very soothing. They live close to us now. I know. St. Charles. Now, I have to look because so CNN has this series called Very Scary People. Yeah. And each season is about somebody new. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if Donnie Wahlberg is the host of all of them. I would enjoy that. Yeah, I would too. I like Donnie. He's soothing. Yeah, I like Donnie. Yeah. He was in Saw. Did you know that? I didn't know that. No. I mean, there's Saw like 18. Yeah. So. I, I think there is like eight of them. It's seven funny though because he acknowledges he's like, and I'm Donnie Wahlberg. Yes. Oh, we that know. Donnie Wahlberg from New Kids on the Block. Yes. And I'm sure everybody <laughs> listening to it is like, no shit, right? <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, that was good, uh, guys. I hope you enjoyed this one too. Patreons, thank you for signing up and joining our family. The rest of you guys, we love you. Uh, please spread the word, whatever, uh, podcast platform you listen to us on, please hit that five star liking and keep sharing, keep spreading the word. Yeah. 
So, all right, guys, we love you, and we will be talking to you soon. Bye. Bye.